0: God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you, our God and King. Amen. Every day we deal with a lot of noise. Uh, Noise is part of our lives. uh, But for some, it might be music. uh, To others, it might be noise. Um, I've recently heard um, uh, a survey done or some kind of findings that If you played a certain classical music uh, to infants, uh, apparently their lives are better. Have you ever heard of this? Yes? You all can talk. No, you've never heard of this? No. Uh, Apparently there's a study done that if you played um, a certain classical um, composer at night uh, and they heard it over and over again, apparently they will live uh, really wonderful lives. Um, And I always had a problem with that. It's like, how do you know? how do you know that that's what shaped this kid's life? Maybe it was an awesome uncle like me who was caring for this kid. Like, you never know, right? Uh, so anyway, I like to argue for the sake of arguing. So, so here's another thing that I want to argue uh, with you this morning is when I was a teenager, I was really drawn into um, this kind of genre of music. And if you uh, are there. You can give a big smile and agree with me, uh, and the rest of you can think I'm weird, but that's okay. Uh, I was really drawn to uh, death metal music. Anybody who's really, all right, there you go. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, this is like really old people, so now they're really, really old. Kiss, is, <laughs> Kiss was another band that I fell in love with. Uh, Pantera, Megadeth, like they were really good bands. Like I was like, all right, you know, I loved, loved, loved listening to it. Uh, And if you've never heard death metal before, it's just a bunch of people screaming into a microphone and a lot of uh, pots and pans banging in the background. Like, that's pretty much it. Uh, There's a a lot of uh, energy that they were trying to give out, and that filled my soul, right? But for some, it's just noise. Like, what are you doing? It's just noise is what it is. And that aspect, right? The, The aspect of noise is something that we are getting more and more accustomed to. If you think about it, think about how many noises you have constantly running in your house, right? Just for a minute, think about that. The hum of the air conditioning running outside, right? You can hear that. The dishwasher, right? Cell phones, keep the fridge open too long, it starts beeping at you, yelling at you to close the fridge. I tend to forget that all the time, so I'm grateful for that noise. There's so much noise that surrounds us. There's so much noise, and this is something that I do. I am the biggest perpetrator for this. For me, having the TV in the background running is wonderful to me. Anybody like that? There's some people who do that. ESPN? You know, just turn it on and life is good, right? And for some, it's not ESPN. It could be a cooking channel. Or for others, it might be a news channel that you follow. It's always turned on in the background, right? We're doing life. We're doing different things. And there's this noise constantly running in the background. And uh, I remember once Kristen saying this to me. Can you please turn off the TV? I can't think. Right? it was loud it was nothing made sense she said can you please turn off the tv think about that can you please turn off the noise so that i can think noise pollution it's impacting all our lives each and every single one of our lives is impacted one way or the other and i was doing a little bit more research about noise pollution and how it impacts us and i came across this acronym it stands it goes as t t s it's called Temporary Threshold Shift. I'm going to be using that word a lot. It's called Temporary Threshold Shift. What this means in the world of noise pollution is when there is a big noise that you hear close to your ear, all of a sudden, what it does is you can't hear anything else after that. It's called a Temporary Threshold Shift. One of the examples that they gave is like if you were sitting right next to um, someone shooting a gun and you it was right near your ear you had that bang noise that boom that ringing of your ear and all of a sudden you can't hear the lower decibels and this is something that happens to us um, on a pretty consistent basis you can think about a time that it happened to you as well maybe you got the temporary threshold shift when you listen to death metal music it could happen <laughs> right And one of the things that they said is when that when you're constantly exposed to the temporary threshold shift you might actually lose your hearing you might completely become deaf at some point constant exposure to that This morning I want to talk about a different another kind of a temporary threshold shift This morning I want to talk about a spiritual temporary threshold shift I've met several people, several individuals who were during conversations, uh, friends that I grew up with, uh, friends that I've been part of in the community with. One of the things that these individuals say to me is how they have walked away from faith, how they were once faithful to the church once they prayed. And now they talk about their faith and their commitment to church in the past. Tense. They don't talk about their faith as is doing anything for them. I remember hearing this statement, I'm not really sure about this whole God thing, Johnson, I don't know, I don't, I don't pray anymore, I don't pray anymore, I, I, I don't know. I really think my friends who were saying those things, who were talking about God in the past and saying that they walked away from faith, I think they were experiencing a spiritual temporary threshold shift. Something happened in their spiritual journey, an experience that they have lived that caused their faith to to shatter. And the reason for their spiritual temporary threshold is, uh, is that loud explosion in their spiritual journey, that their spiritual ears are ringing and they cannot hear anything else. And the reason for this is an unanswered prayer. The reason for this sometimes is loss of a loved one. The reason for this is life turns on a dime and the unexpected happened. And you look up and say, where is God in all this? Where is God in all this? And in that moment, they're experiencing a spiritual temporary shift. And the reason for that is they can't hear. voice of God anymore in that moment. The noise is so loud, the spiritual jolt is so loud that they can't hear God anymore. The spiritual temporary threshold shift is what they have experienced. And one of the things that I want to talk to us this morning is I believe that Elijah was called to be a prophet was uh, experiencing the same thing. He was experiencing a spiritual temporary threshold shift. But before I want to talk about Elijah, I want to talk about the king that was reigning during the time of Elijah. The king's name was called Ahab. And we can kind of get a glimpse of his resume uh, in uh, 1 Kings chapter 16, reading from verse 29. This is what we read. In the 30th year of Asa, the king of Judah, Ahab, this king that I'm talking about, son of Omri became the king of Israel, and he reigned in Samaria over Israel 22 years. Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any than any of those before him. He not only considered it trivial to commit the sins of Jerome, son of Naboth, And then the author puts this note in, a tagline. But he was also married to Jezebel. Horrible. He was a horrible king. There was nothing that he did was good. This man Ahab, this king, was not a good king. He was an evil king. He did much worse things than any other king that lived before him. This guy was the worst. You know, I know this is football seasons Eagles played yesterday in their preseason game, right? And a lot of things that you hear is the rankings that you do. You know, Eagles quarterback is ranked this. And Eagles offense is ranked this. Or this team's defense is ranked this. It's really hard to cheer for someone who is the worst, right? And here is King Ahab. He is literally the worst. He is the worst ranked king that you could ever imagine. That is who he was. But then it gets worse than that. Not only is he the worst, but he's actually married to a woman named Jezebel. And marrying Jezebel was the worst thing he could ever do beyond all the evil in the world because Jezebel was not a good person either. So that's the kind of king that Elijah was supposed to go and talk to. And I want to tell you a little bit about Elijah. Elijah was a man of God. He, he spoke on behalf of God. Whenever he stood, he said, this is what God is telling you to do. So he goes up in front of this evil king Ahab, and he says, guess what? You have not followed any of the commands that God has given you. So guess what? We are going to have a drought for three years. For three years, you're going to have a drought. No rain. And the entire kingdom is going to suffer famine. And during that time of drought, Elijah walks over to a a remote part and he finds this widow who was collecting some sticks and almost preparing her last meal because she wanted to die, because she knew there was drought. There was no way for her to buy food. And Elijah, in that moment, when this widow gives He's generous in our poverty. Elijah decides to make a miracle. And he feeds her and her son for the next several days. It's a miracle that takes place in that Elijah does. Elijah was able to do that. He was able to sustain a family for food in the midst of a drought. It doesn't end there. He does some other amazing things as well. Elijah, this widow's uh, son dies. And Elijah prays and pleads with God and the son's life is restored. That's who this Elijah is. He is a man of God. He can do miracle after miracle. And then in the chapter right before what was read to us from Pat, in chapter 18, there's a story that Elijah goes and challenges the prophets of Baal. And these were their false prophets. They worshiped an idol. And Elijah goes to them and says, let's have a battle. Let's figure this out. If your God is the true and living God, or if Yahweh, the God I worship, is the true and living God. And here's the deal. This is how we'll find out who's going to win. If your God, Baal, is truly living and is all-powerful, we're going to put this cow on this altar and let your God rained fire from heaven and consumed this as a burnt offering. And the prophets of Baal do all kinds of crazy things and nothing happens. Nothing happens. And Elijah stands there and he prays to the living God so that fire from heaven would come down and would consume this cow that's meant to be sacrificed. And it does. It happens. And Elijah declares that the Yahweh, the living God, the God of Israel is living and can perform miracles. And he then kills all the prophets of Baal. That's how amazing Elijah is. And yet, Elijah experiences a spiritual temporary threshold shift where he can't hear the voice of God. This is what happens after Elijah does all those miraculous things. This is what we read. And now Ahab, reading from 1 Kings 19. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. If by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like the ones, like the, your life like that one of them. Essentially, Jezebel is saying, I'm gonna kill you tomorrow by this time. And Elijah hears that. He, Elijah hears that threat, and this is what he does reading from verse 3 Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. He came to Beersheba in Judah, and left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. The boom occurred. Elijah's life. He heard that noise, that threat from Jezebel. Jezebel swore that she was going to kill him and he heard it. And it was this boom in Elijah's ear. And he experienced that temporary threshold shift where he couldn't hear anything beyond it. And he ran for his life. He ran for his life. He ran away from everyone that he knew. He became alone. He leaves a servant behind and further goes into a wilderness. Friends, when we are going through a spiritual threshold shift, we tend to run away. We tend to isolate from community. We try to go away from church. We try to stray away from people that we're part of our support system, and we try to dig a hole. And that's what Elijah did. Elijah lost all hope. He wishes he's dead. He feels like the challenges that are ahead of of him are so much bigger than the God that he serves. The challenges that are ahead of him, he feels like they're bigger, much, much bigger than the God that he serves. Just for a moment, consider all the things that I just shared with you about what Elijah did: how Elijah fed a widow, how he breathed life into a dead boy, how he prayed and God rain, uh, God sent rain, uh, fire from heaven. And yet, Elijah is experiencing something drastic. He came to the broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I have enough, Lord. Take my life. Friends, have you experienced a spiritual temporary threshold in your life where your years are ringing and all hope is God. And you are not in a place to hear God. You're not in a place to hear what God has to say. Rather, you're running away from all support systems that you might have. And giving up all hope. Thinking that the challenges that face you are much bigger than the God that you serve. Friends, if you find yourself where Elijah is, there is hope for you this morning. Because this is how God speaks to Elijah and I believe this is how God is going to speak to each one of us as well. Reading from verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and a powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Friends, God speaks in the sheer silence to Elijah. In a whisper, God speaks to him. God doesn't speak to him in the loud earthquake or the thunderstorm or the fire or the wind that blew through. But God speaks to Elijah in the sheer silence, in the stillness. God reaches out to Elijah in a whisper. God speaks to him. Friends, this morning, if you, if your spiritual ears are ringing and you feel like you can't hear anything else, I want to remind you of Elijah. That God spoke to him in the sheer silence. In the whisper and said to him what are you doing here friends maybe we need to stop looking for god in the big things in the big events in the thunderstorms in the fire in the wind but maybe god is speaking to each one of us in the stillness if you are experiencing a difficult time spiritually, it is my prayer that you would hear God speak to you in the stillness and the quiet. May you hear God say to you, what are you doing here? And may you find comfort knowing that God still speaks to us, even in the midst of loud spiritual explosions that tend to make us not hear anything. God, still speak to us in the whisper. Let us pray. God, speak to us. Speak to us in the seer stillness. For all the times that we have steered away from you, May we hear your voice saying, what are you doing here? God, speak to us. In your name we pray, amen. Please stand and join us.